how's it going, bro? Good, man. I've actually uh, never heard one of these, um, in it, but I, I've wanted to. I've been following you for a little while, and I just uh, haven't caught any of these. I have to go back and listen to some of them. I'm just relaunching it, actually. I, I kind of started it early in October, um, and I had a vision for it to kind of host spaces of conversation, and I was going to do it on Discord. Twitter spaces wasn't even like uh, a thing for the plebs back then. I think only a few people had access to it. And uh, then Twitter spaces came around, and I just kind of was like, well... <clears throat> I got busy with other things. I wasn't doing the podcast at all. And <clears throat> recently I was like, well, I really want to just relaunch this with a different vision in mind. And, and with this now I'm just trying to do conversations one-on-one -on -one with as many plebs as possible. And uh, yeah, just broadcast those, those voices out there and, and get some, get some ideas projecting out of the universe. Hell yeah, man. Happy to be here. So, uh, are you into uh, regenerative agriculture? Are you doing permaculture? It says here, no-till maximalist. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I'm up to on the day to day. So, I'm just building out this uh, two-acre permaculture farm. Um, it's just me and my and my lady. So it's just us two, and yeah, no no heavy machinery, man, and just uh, getting it all ready to to grow some food on it. I'm going to do like a half food forest and half like uh, uh, berries and produce and stuff. So should pump out a lot of food when it's all said and done, but still so much to be done, man. Like, you know, we just barely started. That's how it feels after even like, I don't know. We've, we've been living here for like almost two years, you know, a year and a half. And it just like, I just feel like we literally just got started. So that's amazing. I feel like it's uh it's like an ecosystem. You're building a whole ecosystem, not just you're not just planting something in the ground and harvesting a, a crop, right? Yeah, so you know, that's the that's the age-old question, you know, you see right now like uh the big headlines for the for the mega farms that they're uh, they're having trouble procuring fertilizer and stuff. And um it's actually the problem for every farm, right? Um, if you want to farm crops, you're going to have to build your fertility from somewhere. And most people purchase a good chunk of it, probably the majority of it. Um, so people just buying compost and uh, procuring manure as best as they can. But um, yeah, it's mostly purchased, right? And so I'm trying to make all my own compost. And uh, when I say trying, like I refuse to buy any. So whatever I make is what I'm growing with you know and so i'm attacking that from like many angles we'll definitely talk about it but yeah it's definitely a whole ecosystem and uh i'm purely focused right now on the on the compost and some of it is like the chicken before the egg in a way you know because when you have a full a full-blown farm going on, on like even half an acre you have a lot of biomass left over from your crops and um and yeah so that's like one thing that i was missing this past year which, which this upcoming year i'll have a i'll have a really good growing season so i'll actually have like beds formed and deep mulched and all that stuff ready to go some compost ready to go it's exciting man you know being on zero compost and making it all yourself is uh it's a journey man zero
Yo, I'm sorry, dude. My uh, Twitter spaces here is really acting up on me and ruining this whole experience. Um, <clears throat> but this is why I got two phones going because you can never trust it. So the, uh, <laughs> the, the zero input method is really, it's really powerful. Um, the ability to, but this is why I got two phones. The ability to, uh, the ability to produce calories from nothing, right? From the ground is, is, uh, it's such a different thing. I feel like corporations have replaced the sky and the earth, right? Like that's basically what they've done now. Now, if you want to, um, if you want to grow something and you want to do it according to legacy agriculture, as it is this in this current day and age, you have to go to the seed company and get a patent on the seed. And then you have to take out a giant loan on farm equipment and then probably <clears throat> lease land and, um, destroy that land. Right. I don't know if this is working now. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, there's so many uh, opportunities for people to come in and on their small parcel of land actually make an impact in the, especially in the when you talk about seeds and and trading seeds with people and and all that good stuff. You know, there's just like there's such low hanging fruit. Like how many people, like what, what, what percentage of the workforce works in agriculture? It's like less than 1%, right? So, you know, if we could just get to like, you know, even 5%, 10% of people who are growing something, you know, on their own land or on rented land or on friends, you know, like if you have a friend who doesn't want to do that stuff and and you want to go and grow your own food, I'm sure like most people will be like, have at it, you know? So there's a lot of creative ways to get started with all this stuff. Um, I think like the, the barrier to entry is that people hate failing. Like, it's like, you know, analysis paralysis, you know, you can just plant the seed, see how it goes. See, see, you know, it's, it's interesting, man. Cause, uh, there's so many things that I've read in like all these, uh, permaculture books and not, not everything's applicable. And I feel like there's a lot left out that's like super practical to set yourself up for success, right? Like, I don't know, like let's, let's take a topic of like cover crops, for example, right? It's actually like kind of complicated to manage cover crops if you're just getting started, right? And so most people though, they don't get the recommendation of potato as a cover crop, you know, where you could deep mulch your bed, plant potatoes, get harvest, and be deep mulching your 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 growing space at the same time. Everybody loves French fries too, man. Like everybody loves potatoes. That, that seems like one of the easiest things you could possibly sell is potatoes. <laughs> like it protects the bottom line as well. Yeah, and and they store really well, right? Like um, I kept a bunch just in my garage in in a in a little pot. Hey, Wanikis, uh, and. Um, they lasted all winter. I, I ate like half of them and then the other half uh, started sprouting and I just planted them the other day. So, you know, they lasted a, some months there. Right. Um, and I didn't put it in any refrigeration or anything. So they store really well. You know, you can make French fries, like you said, and they're a great cover crop and they're super easy, man. Like you just, you can, I, I'm growing my potatoes in mulch, you know, it's not even compost. So I don't have to spend any compost. And like, th these are like the small things, like 
you know, growing perennial things uh, and like annual, you know, biannual things like asparagus, uh, strawberries, you know, things that plant themselves, that propagate themselves. You know, uh, I'm growing Egyptian walking onions and they're walking. You know, I almost got a full bed from like so few seed. You know, I think I think I spent like uh, 10 bucks or something like that on uh, Egyptian walking onion seed. You know, it's like so cheap, some of this stuff. And then it just propagates around your whole farm. So our garden, even yeah, you know, ecosystem. that's beautiful. Bro. The fucking Egyptian walking onions are walking <laughs> pretty soon. They'll be running, right? Yeah, man. I just, I plan on having like a, you know, I plan on continuing those things into like more than just like one little bed, you know? Um, so the strawberries are taking over like their third bed, uh, this upcoming spring right now. And, uh, it should be like, I mean, I want a strawberry, like, like that. I want a strawberry farm, you know, obviously I'm going to be super biodiverse, but I definitely want a lot of strawberries, man. It's just like one of those things. I love, uh, going to the garden, going to picking up some strawberries um there's just such small things that you can start off with such a small amount of you know land or even just a small little you know garden on your balcony you know you can have all these different things in like one little bed and you can like experiment with it most people are just scared to experiment or lazier whatever Yeah, it's uh, the, the entry, the barrier to entry is lower than most people expect, but the incentive isn't there, right? Like it's for most people, it's about what's valuable and, and everyone's stuck on the hamster wheel, bro. Like even in quote unquote crisis, everyone's still got to pay their bills. Everyone's still got to, you know, jump on the hamster wheel. And even if it means all you're paying for is the roof over your head to watch Netflix on, you're still, you still have to run on that treadmill and everyone is stuck on that. So people aren't shifting their value there yet and it hasn't become apparent to them to me the biggest problem with uh any sort of small scale agriculture is how do you sell your product right most people can't bring that to market there's no real mechanism for them to bring it to market they could go pay at a farmer's market and then you still have to you know have overhead to do all of that transporting to the farmer's market standing there hoping people buy it it's just so much overhead. The other thing is you could do a farm stand on the side of the road. One in a hundred thousand people that drives by might stop, right? It's very like, it's hard to bring your product to customers because people are just so stuck on the mundane. They're just going to order food on a food app or they're going to go to the grocery store or Walmart or whatever's cheapest and closest and easiest. And, um, I, like that's what we're trying to do we're, we're, we've got a website we're trying to basically sell our bison for for bitcoin because it's a zero input food um it's like sovereign food for sovereign money kind of idea and we hope to just add a whole bunch of other products from local producers in the same way because if that was there then everyone would want to be a backyard farmer because there's an incentive to do so right like you can actually make a living with your neighbor's lawn that lets it overgrow every month and doesn't cut it like you were saying right like even if you don't own land there's there's all this opportunity to make food um once you align yourself with nature instead of trying to like force it to do a certain thing for a commodity crop that's literally just printed it's, it's not even it's not even it's not even profitable to grow half this shit it's just the printer continues to print and, and they're subsidized and they continue to erode the soil and 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 now we're at this crisis point where as we see, I think we're going to see empty grocery store shelves, and and I think we're going to see them soon. Well, you know, there there is no the soil, 
you know, right? Like I used to talk about this stuff with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, academics and it's always the, but there is no the soil. There's just your soil or your lack thereof. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you like, the problem is, is that people gave up their soil, right? Like less than 1% of people are in agriculture now, you know, whereas in the past, just a hundred years ago, it's probably closer to 40%. You know, or one third, you know, so you're talking about, you know, management of soil that used to happen um, across the board. Right. And um, I think when we get back to managing our own soils and, and we can't even manage lawns. Right. Everyone wants the crabgrass, you know, monoculture lawn. And they never questioned it. And people bag their leaves up and, 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 and have the city haul it away instead of just letting it decompose under their trees. Like people are big dumb. Like, you know, the whole intuitive model of like living is completely stripped away and everything is paid for. So that means that everything's a marketing scheme, right? That's kind of like what you were talking about. And I think like when it comes back to building soil, you're like, you know, you have a very interesting comment about the market for like what you're going to go do. And I think like, well, the first market that you have is selling to yourself right? Like, can you become self-sufficient, right? Once you've tackled that, right? Like you grow enough bison, for example, for yourself and to sell, right? Cause you're going to market. So, um, once you have, um, you, you're self-fed, you probably went to your neighbors and they're like, Hey, you want some bison? I'm selling bison. And your neighbors are like, sure. I'll grab some pounds of bison from my neighbor. Right. And then, your friends, your family, right? You go on the rounds and once you've fed a certain number of people, you now need to go to market, right? Cause you want, you have, you still have product, right? Okay. Well, that's a good problem to have because you've already saved so much money at that point, right? Like when you're growing your own bison, like you should have like such a sweet margin if they're, if it's zero input, right? Yes. Yes. And no. Um, there's still a lot of overhead, especially when it comes to um, running a whole farm operation and feeding families and having employees, all these sort of things. There's, there's definitely costs. Um, and that's part of, that's part of why bringing something to market and being able to sell is important because now you're going to be able to do that sustainably into the future, right? Not just like a one-time round, Hey, we fed everyone, fill their freezers. Um, we got to keep doing this. Right. Um, there's land taxes. There's, there's so many, there's so much costs. That's not just importing nitrogen and fertilizer and all these other traditional farming costs. Yes. The margins should be better on regenerative agriculture, but there's still margins. There still needs to be a, like a, a very healthy economy. And the problem that we find is lots of people in your local area will know about your product, but they they don't see the value in it because to them beef's cheaper at Walmart, right? Well, therein lies like the the whole localism thing, right? So like it's the same idea that Bitcoiners have. They say, hey, like you need to have a peer to a peer to trade with, and you need to spend Bitcoin to actually create like a Bitcoin economy, and that's true. But it's the same for your bison, you know. Like you need someone to accept your bison in exchange for anything that you want, you know, and if you just want money, well then, okay, you're going to have to go find that market. But if you will accept other goods and services in exchange, right, then that's also a possibility, right? And so like, sometimes it depends where you are. You got to get more creative 
because certain things sell themselves in different areas, right? And like, uh, I think it's very location dependent. Like where I am, I could probably trade for everything. Like I wouldn't need to even use money where I am. Like if I had bison, I'd just find the people who really wanted and I would trade them for whatever I could, you know, seeds, whatever, you know? And I'm, I'm usually when someone's like, Hey, I, ha- I have seeds. And you're like, Hey, I got bison. They're just like, they'll take that trade any day, you know? Um, but seeds add up too. P- people don't realize the cost of all this stuff. Right. Um, I was just saying like on a, someone who wants to take the risk, like you, you're further down the road. Right. But if someone wanted to just get like a couple animals, a couple acres and their goal was to first feed themselves then their secondary goal is to feed their neighbors and their family and their friends and then go to market well then you're setting yourself up for success because if you don't end up going to market you already succeeded in feeding yourself at least or and hopefully your friends and family you know and so you're taking care of like a certain number of people who should be supporting you financially as well for that you know exchange right like they should be giving you some money um, or whatever it is you're exchanging with them. Right. Um, and so like the market is totally up to you, man. It's like, it's, 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 it's one of those things like, uh, that's irreplaceable, like selling, right. Be- being able to sell your product without being, uh, you know, um, disingenuous being a, like an honest salesman of your product, but finding the right people, right. It, all it takes is getting information into a few hands. Like how many customers do you really need? Right. Like what is the number of customers? that you need for your bison. You probably work that out. Like, Hey, I need X amount of customers that will buy on average, like X amount. Right. And so some of these goals are attainable, man. You know, I think it's attainable. I think you, you're going to see success. You know, you just have to stick with it for a little while. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. We, we definitely see, see success. The branch itself has been running for 25 years, um, doing this and that. But the interesting thing is, um, you know, combining it with something like Bitcoin, Yeah, I mean, when you accept Bitcoin, you know, that can solve a lot of your problems. You know, if you don't make enough sales that year and Bitcoin, you know, hits its uh, even half of its average year over year return, you know, it gives you some insurance, you know. And mining, um, too, being able to produce, being able to produce uh, energy from the biomass that we have on, on, the, on the land, right? That's a huge asset that I think more and more farmers should be looking into is can they produce Bitcoin as a crop, right? <laughs> really, because if you can grow some form of fast-growing biomass, whether it's hemp, azola, duckweed, something like that, and you can convert that into energy, now you don't have to sell that product. You always protect your bottom line, right? This allows you to, you know, maintain your land, maintain your sovereignty, um, to be able to produce all these other goods. Because, like you said, it's a time game, right? When you're producing uh, a permaculture uh, ecosystem. It's really a time game because you got to let the plants do their thing and the cycles come and go, um, right? It, all these low time preference scenarios need need uh, they need to be nurtured and allowed to grow, and usually that comes from liquidity. So being able to mine your own liquidity without ever needing to sell to anybody changes the whole game. That that's something that we're we're starting to incorporate into our model because. It really, I think, is going to become so much more important if you go forward four years, for example, or even just two years till the next halving. 
Yeah, man. I mean, mining is definitely an interesting topic as we move forward and as like uh, that develops in terms of like actual like hardware availability and being able to purchase it in a more like straightforward manner. You know what I mean? I'm sure that that whole ecosystem is going to develop like extremely well. Um, as for like growing things and like seasonality, I think that there's like such a funny way that people garden, right? They try to grow all these different crops. I think the best way to, to, to tackle it, like, for example, like, you know, if you wanted to grow some, some veggies and stuff or some fruit is to, is to always make sure, especially with veggies is like, uh, when you start, you want to have the crop itself as the seed. So like beans are itself, the seed corn, you know, potatoes, right? Like you want things like Egyptian walkie onions, the strawberries, like you want things that are going to, they're going to keep on replicating whether you like it or not. And, and that bakes in like some insurance if, cause if you're not saving seed every season on some level, you know, like tomato seeds, pretty easy to save, you know? Um, it's like these little like low hanging fruit things that really like, you don't need a lot of space to get any of this stuff going, you know? Um, low hanging fruit, no pun intended, right? Yeah. Every pun always intended. <laughs> and but like the marketing man it's such a lo such a location dependent thing like I, I wouldn't have any problems here where i'm at and um i don't think in miami either if i was still there i would have any problems selling my yeah it depends how many people you know too like what's your social standing you know do you know a lot of people are they willing to buy into like your narrative that you're pushing you know what narrative are you pushing you know are you getting through to people? Like, uh, I think there's a lot to be desired in a lot of farmers to like maybe piece that out, right? Where the farmer says, Hey, like, I'd rather not take care of this. Let me hire somebody to do like my marketing for me. I feel like that's where it fails right there where you outsource it, you know, because most farmers, they just want to like keep growing their thing. They don't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? They hire someone for the farmer's market and, and they move on, you know? Um, I think I think that's where most people lose, right there. They're not realizing their potential or their power in the in the in the cycle. They realize they're they're still thinking like, oh hey, we're just the bottom of the supply chain. They're not thinking retail. They're not thinking, well, we are the store. Not let's bring this to a store and sell it. Yeah, like you are the brand. So if you're going into it thinking that you're not the brand, like thinking that you're that no one wants to meet you and you don't want to meet anyone, well then. I don't know you're gonna really have to work harder to make the sales you know um or wait longer for you know market to mature but in general it depends you should be producing something that sells itself people should want your product if people don't want your product that says something you know so it, people should be coming back for seconds and thirds right like you need to have the repeat customer in, in localism right there there's no other option super critical yeah so you know um find what people want find the holes in the market i know like i don't want to grow the same fucking potatoes that everyone else is growing i don't care i'm just I'm not doing it you know i want to grow something different maybe i'll also grow those too eventually you know um, i just want like all the different types obviously um you know biodiversity within food groups is like everything um, especially the ones we rely on. So like the, like my main staple crops, I hope them to be like corn, mushrooms, uh, 
potatoes, uh, tomatoes, you know, sweet potatoes also, all different types of all of them. Uh, what else? Asparagus, a lot of asparagus, and a lot of berries, man. A lot of different types of berries. There's already a bunch of wild berries over here, but and I have a couple blueberry plants that I'm going to propagate out, but I just want, I want, I have some fig trees growing actually too. Um, I want a decent amount of figs. I don't know. Just throwing some random shit out there. Kind of tired. Um, you got to have like, you got to have that biodiversity. Like you said, that's the important thing. It's a whole ecosystem. Like, do you have animal agriculture at all? Do you have like goats or sheep or anything like that going on? No. So I, um, I'm getting chickens and ducks. Um, after this last uh, snow. So I should have some chickens and ducks. I already have the coop set up. So that'll be fun. But no, no other animals. Huh? No other animals yet. No. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I don't have that much space. I have, I have two acres, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not four acres. Four acres would have been, you know, ideal, but you got to take what you can get. And, I like it's the perfect spot for me because I actually really want to show what you could do on a couple acres. I feel like a couple acres is attainable for most people. And I feel like half an acre is enough for like a lot of people. Like actually like most people are like overestimate how much land they actually need for what they want to do. I know most people like, you know, they, they dream big and they want their 50 acres or whatever, but you know, you can buy those acres afterwards too. You know, you don't got to wait to get started on, on learning and, and doing things. Um, you can become a mogul later. You know, if you have a chance to get a half acre, build a little house on it, or it comes with a little house on it, or even if you have to stay in a, in a camper or whatever, you know, like whatever you got to do to have your little slice of heaven is, uh, is worth it. Because when you build it yourself, it's just a different feeling. I'm sure like, you know, when you see the smile on people's faces, when they eat your food and you know, when, when you make a sale, it just, it just hits different when when it's yours and um i think taking that extreme ownership over everything we do is like what bitcoin is supposed to fix right and that's like where i think bitcoin really comes in it's not any of the monetary things it's the behavioral change that allows us to like invest into these things because you're not doing it just because there's a market you're the market you have demand for something right like you want to make you want to verify your own food supply chain that's the demand that you have and so you need to fulfill that demand. And so when you fulfill that demand and there's a market for it, which there's clearly a market for, you know, all this grass fed, you know, local, small, small scale agricultural products, you know, um, like no there's definitely a market, but there's a lot of people thinking that buying local means, you know, going to the farmer's market and buying a basket of tomatoes once a year. And they're not realizing that it means like, no, you, you stop going to the grocery store and you start sourcing your calories locally and then contributing to that ecosystem yourself by producing whatever you can in however way you can. Um, what do you think about vertical growing as far as if, if energy is produced growing up on your land, not just on it as well? Um, I think those things are eventually like going to be used in really condensed urban areas where everything's already covered in concrete. Um, but if you have soil, I mean, if you do it right, it should be coming, it should, it should be more and more productive every year you're alive. So 
and and productive also means resilient. So you know, not having like a terrible year is is important when you when you're doing these things. Like it's actually funny. Having a great year is all fine, but it's really what farmers are after is not having a terrible year, right? And um, it's actually like a very doomer optimistic uh, mindset. You know, you're always worried about the weather or, or the, you know, there's always something to worry about, right? Always something going wrong somewhere. <laughs> um, just what, remind do you, what do you see the transition to that sort of market being? Do you think it's, it's more and more people getting involved on a smaller and smaller level and really decentralizing it? Or do you think it's, um, the, it's, 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 it's people like seeing the value in that and, and then kind of becoming more, it becoming more centralized. You know what I mean? Like I, I personally hope it becomes more decentralized and like more and more people get in on a smaller, smaller level. But it seems to me like there's already a movement from big agro to try to co-op that movement. Like they're already starting to push sort of like pigs and these like, you already see it right in like foodie culture and, and all this stuff. They're already starting to label things in this feel goodism way. Um, like I've seen no till on stuff that's clearly coming from a very corporate agenda perspective. And I'm always like, ah, <laughs> I just got to get everything. right. Well, you know, the, the industrial ag people always were dumb for tilling because they're adding their fertility synthetically anyways. So why till? Why waste the gas? They realize that it, it does nothing for them. I may, like after the first till, maybe the maybe even the first till is proven to be a waste. So they get to save, you know, miles on their machinery and and, and fuel. So that was an obvious thing that was going to happen, and it's, it's gaining steam. There's definitely a good portion of farms that are no till now. Good portion of acres, let's say. Better speaking, acres, right? Yeah, they're still playing. They're spraying glyphosate, but there's still no till, right? So they get to put no till on their package. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And 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 that is that that is actually good because like if every if every acre is switched to no till, let's just say that's obviously utopic. But let's just say like most acres are switched to no till. Like that's a good thing. Like we could agree on that. Um, obviously, spraying glyphosate is is not a good thing. No, um, no, it's not, it's not like they're doing harm. It's just it, they're definitely trying to just co-op the branding of it, and like, oh, this sounds cool. Let's throw this on our on our products. It, it will help their farm, though, you know, in, in the end of it, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, they'll it, it just yeah, everything gets co-opted eventually, but um, I do think that things get decentralized, but they they find this uh, every every local producer is going to have a different reach, right? Like if, if, if you bought 50 acres and you started doing your bison and then I bought a thousand acres and started doing bison right next to you, well, there's going to be a shitload of bison in our area. You know what I mean? Comparatively to somebody who's only doing it on five acres and selling it just to his neighbors, right? And so you're going to have it on every scale, but I think it's going to be, you know, a, I mean, what's considered a small farm in America these days under a thousand acres, some crazy number like that. Under, 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 sorry, under a few hundred acres. There's like some number where you consider it a small farm and it's like a few hundred acres. So, or a few thousand even, I don't even know. I don't remember right now. It's one of those, but it's definitely an impressive number. You're like, damn, I'm a micro farmer. You know, I'm a micro, micro, micro farmer. Right. And, um, do you think you can replace a grocery store in like a couple of years or how far out are you from doing that for yourself? Just never having to 
property. Yeah. So like, uh, it's all about the fruit when, in terms of like, uh, actually feeling that you can just completely never have to go to the, the supermarket. Um, I say the fruit because they come regardless of, of your seed management, how early you started your seeds, how you transplanted them, how you planted them that year, what beds you planted them, you know, the whole crop rotation, all that stuff, you know, has a lot more risk than the fruit tree and the fruit bushes, you know? So that's like your insurance policy behind you. And then you have like the easy crops that shouldn't fail. Right. You know, when you look in history, you see a potato famine, like that's a big deal. Cause like those crops shouldn't fail. Those crops are like super hardy for the most part. Like you could, you could do a lot wrong and have potatoes. You know, you could do, <laughs> there's, I didn't water my potatoes once, you know, and, uh, I grew them in not enough mulch. Even I didn't even put enough mulch and they, I still like, uh, I think like seven times my seed or something like that. I think I could have 10 or 12 times my seed stock, you know, like the pounds are put in versus out. So I don't know, man, <laughs> you know, some of these things are super, are super easy and it just depends like what your preferences are. So I, I think like if I had more people, like if all my neighbors were also, my neighbors do have gardens, but if they like were like serious about it, um, I think like m- my whole area could be off of supermarkets pretty quickly. You don't need that many people. There, there's a nice thread that I saw that I actually like uh, agree with most of his numbers that he has there. Cause uh, he basically was saying that if uh, I think it was, if 10% of Americans um, were to just start homesteading again on on half an acre on average with like uh, 30 chickens or something like that 35 some something like that. Amazing. um yeah he, like basically like uh it would, we would have uh, no industrial chicken market it'd be fucking a weak industrial chicken market we'd be supplying everything basically through localism and um and yeah there would be no industrial egg market and Eggs are so easy. Like chickens are literally like um, nutrition capsule producers, machines. Like they just run around your yard and produce nutrition capsules. Yeah, and it's the dumbest thing that that it's like the most it's the most fiatized food. Like if you look at a chart um, of meat production since uh, the magic nineteen seventy one number, um, you see that like all the other. Uh, meat products have been pretty stable and then chicken is just it's absolutely it's it's there's a bull market in chicken for the last 50 years <laughs> you know um obviously it stemmed from the war but man a lot of fried chickens being sold in this country <laughs> a lot yeah they're just taking that chicken they're just dousing it in engine lubricant and selling it to people like just boiling engine lubricant Oh, that's great. And before they do that, they usually douse it in a little bit of like uh like say soaked grain oil and a whole bunch of other things. They spray it, they spray it also with a super saline solution. So like you're just like a heart attack. Like it's just like literally like the worst thing you could put in your it, you literally put that in your body and, and you're inflamed immediately. Like there's no reason to eat that. I would say like like uh most people are pretty shocked and they're like, Hey, like what should I stop eating? And I'm like, Look, if you're gonna eat out just stop eating chicken. And they're like, really? Like I'm trying to get lean though. I'm trying to get fit in the gym. And I'm like, listen, dude, just eat everything else, but, but chicken, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, unless you grow your own and it's so easy to grow your own. Right. It's pretty dumb. How like uh denuded. Yeah. They're are. the easiest thing. Like literally the chickens are the easiest thing to take care of and have. 
if you have like any bit of yard, you can have eggs. Yeah, and um, I'm excited for those duck eggs, man. Fuck, haven't had one in a long time. You got a pond? Huh? You have a pond for the ducks? No, but I have a creek. Even better. Even better. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take him for little walks on the creek. You know, I'm gonna put him on leash. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I can honestly though. I kind of want to though. I kind of want to take my teach like one duck to walk on the leash and then take him into town. You know. Yeah, that'd be great. Great promo for sure. Just take your duck to town. Yeah, and actually, that's what I wanted to get to. So I don't know if you saw. I posted a uh, Rick Ross. Uh, he, Rick Ross bought a cow. Did you see that? It's like the pears, Rick Ross. Like I like pears, like this guy. No, like like actually, Rick Rick Ross bought a cow. Like the real Rick Ross, or like the rapper. Like 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 the rapper Rick Ross. Okay, okay, yeah, this is the pears guy. Have you ever seen this? You never seen his pears video? He's like, I like pears. Shout out to pears. It's no, I honestly haven't. Dude. I'm just like a fan of his music historically, and I my girlfriend showed me that video because like I don't keep up with any of you know. I don't know shit of what's going on in like popular culture. I just, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was like, yo, check out Rick Ross. And he's like, he's like screaming. He's so happy. He's like, yeah. And he's just like, you go. Like he has his cow. The cow is so happy to be there too. And it's just like, uh, he's flexing with a cow. Like nobody would have thought to really flex with a cow. I think, you know, before the pandemic. So people are thinking differently now. And I think we're flexing a cow hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's definitely like a sick, that's like a signal for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that, that stupid ass movie that, uh, what's his name? James Franco, uh, was in where he was like the tech mogul and it was like Brian Cranston was like the father of the daughter he was dating. You know what I'm talking about? What's it called? The uh, why him or something like that? No, I don't really watch much movies or TV, but all right, well watch this shit. If you're into ag, like you have to watch this shit. Cause like, He's basically like a, a tech mogul, but like stupid as fuck in, in many ways, just like retarded. And um, he has like a compound that he lives in and they have to, he has like the craziest animals. He has like, he hunts like ostriches, like on his own property, you know? And uh, it just, he's making fun of like the, you know, the, what, what like, uh, you know, back to the land, like tech moguls want to do these days, you know? And uh, it's definitely a status symbol. To say, hey, like I, I have my own fucking cows. Like, it's definitely a huge status symbol. I even know people who, like, use maple syrup as a status symbol. So they have like their own maple syrup from their own tree stand. You know? Yeah, maple syrup is definitely like a cartel. There's a real cartel behind maple syrup. Yeah, like the people I'm talking about are definitely like wealthy as fuck. You know, like that, like, and it's all like, like you said, like they made sure that the the marketing's good and all that shit. <laughs> but it's just it's just uh it's just interesting to see how people secure like what they need what they deem as valuable so as you know as as much as i i love the rick ross promo you know it's just like more people are going to realize that it's a real status symbol to have your own well and your own you know food on some you don't have to produce 100 percent of your own food because if you have neighbors that are acting in similar ways they're going to produce what you don't probably you know, or, and, and that, and that's what it has to be. Like, it has to be that you're going to end up trading with somebody, at least one other person you're going to trade with. And it's not going to be for money. 
It's going to be in exchange for their good or service, right? So I don't know, like a massage therapist, for example, you know, supplier steak, she supplies you the massages, right? Like that's a win-win, <laughs> right? There's so many easy things. And I, even with Bitcoin, like orange pilling people, like, hey, can I pay you in Bitcoin? Hey, uh, no, I want, I want, I want dollars. I'm like, Hey, well, can I just tell you about Bitcoin for like five minutes and then you can decide after and they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. I talked to them for five minutes, hit or miss 50, 50. Okay. But those 50% of people that I hit all of a sudden are like holding Bitcoin first and like are interested in like, what the fuck I just said. And it's the same thing with regenerative agriculture. So like I got into this like seven years ago where, or some shit like that six years, whatever, however, how many years ago, something like that. Uh, and people thought I was fucking crazy. Cause I was like, Hey, like, like, how do you know for sure that you're going to have like the, the food that you want at the right quality, that's not poisoned. And like you said, it might not even be on the shelf. I didn't even go that far. I just said, how do you know it's not poisoned? Right. Cause like, if you go too far with a normie, they think you're a loony, you know? So let's just put it to the side. Like, what do you mean? You, what do you mean? The lights could go off and the grocery store shelves could be empty. That's impossible, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. You know, like uh, it's impossible. Everything's impossible to the normies. You know, everything that's not the status quo is impossible. There could never be a third candidate. <laughs> yeah, there just, could never be a worldwide conspiracy, man. What are you talking about? There's no incentive for corruption. Governments yeah, and, never lie to their people. How dare you not obey? And, and, and every single geopolitical tiff is a uh, world war three, you know? So, <laughs> you know, this is just like the, the, the machine that we were worst, you know, you're asking how do we break the machine? Dude, we just make so much of this food that we're selling it for whoever, whatever, whatever someone wants to pay for it. You know what I mean? And the markets are already all there because people are just buying that shit. And, and the thing is, man, it's really your network, right? So if your network's good, you're going to sell good. If your network's bad, you're going to have to find someone whose network is good and team up with them. You know, it's a little bit of a game of power. You know, the, the, this book, the, the 48 laws of power learned a lot from that book. And, uh, one of the things that it says to do to maintain your power is to never isolate yourself for too long. So if you have to go into isolation, do so, but do so knowing that you're going to get out really quickly. You cannot stay for too long. You have to continue like building your social network. If you want to maintain like that power and like creating a market is an inherently powerful thing, right? If you can create a bison market and you can prove the market, well, like you said, you can add other products. You can start upselling the same customers and a variety of uh, different things and really start to have like a marketing, like a, a market, right? And just developing your own market, like even having your own, like, let's say you were the, the, like the, the organizer of a farmer's market that was super successful. Well, dude, that's, that's great, you know, and that's a powerful thing to, to have control over. So I think like we're all thinking in these terms and let's see like what we all throw at the wall. Like you said, you're selling it on the internet, right? You're, you're, you're bison. You're, you're selling it for Bitcoin nationally or something like that. You said, or, yeah, or provincially locally? right now. And then um, eventually we'll see what happens. But yeah, right now we're trying to bring it to provincial market as well as other local products. Uh, and you're shipping all over the U.S.? No, just provincially in Ontario right now. Okay, okay, okay. Provincially, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice, dude. Um, that's awesome. Do you know, uh, have you been to Jean-Martin 48's farm? No, I have not. 
I don't think that's in where you're at, but um, I think it's in Quebec. Oh, but, Quebec. But you should definitely, you should definitely. I, I want to check out his farm one day. He's he's a he's a he's a no-till market gardener. He's he's a beast. It's him and his wife on like a couple acres. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, it's amazing what you said, like a couple acres, right? What you can produce from just a little bit of land if you're doing it properly. Like I, I see a future where that's where people get their variety is from people that do this as like a, a passion project and then there's incentive for them because they're able to sell these exotic products. Especially the thing about like with energy and Bitcoin. Um, if you have a greenhouse, you can grow bananas in Alaska if you feel like it. Um, Ooh, then, so you want it, so you want to hear about that? Well, yeah, let's 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 get into the greenhouses, bro. Let's hundred percent. Let's go down the let's go down that rabbit hole. All right. So right now, I have like a structure that I'm hoping to. I was just trying to make some money this past year to pay for it, and uh, I think I did. So I think I'm gonna make this like greenhouse. It's the initial greenhouse is gonna be more of like a propagation house, like a seed starting uh, spot. But it, it can uh, it, it'll be able to. It's like expandable. You know, I have extra extra space to expand it. But the existing structure that's there is just like it's begging to be a greenhouse, just a wood structure with a roof. You know, so I'm just gonna enclose that thing, and then the idea is to uh, make that greenhouse into like a actual like try to decide, I guess, uh, the monetary value that it brings to the farm, and uh, and really try to put away like that that amount of money so that when one of my neighbors wants to sell some of like you know maybe they get old and retire and whatever so maybe i could like uh add that add their property add their couple acres something like that and then you know they have these like old rickety house that's been built you know however many years ago and not renovated you know so you could kind of like knock that down and then build like a a greenhouse like a sick greenhouse like you're saying with like the, the whole you know tubes running down into the earth six feet deep right three three feet under and three foot built on top and then you'll have like a completely climate controlled greenhouse you could grow you know i have winter here so i'll be able to grow some tropical fruit in, in the winter like all year round right you'll actually have like mangoes and Dude, there's bitcoin a guy mining. That does it. yeah and 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 mining bitcoin like you said i can use the heat um from that even bitcoin miners you could grow like a zola in the troughs like inside of the greenhouse just to power the whole thing because like a Zola doubles its biomass every every forty eight hours, right? You can grow it on like gray water, so you can just you know toss all your food waste, mulch it up, put it in a big vat, put that vat through a vortex system, right? So it's just you know you pump it through sewage pumps into big barrels and let it vortex down the barrel, and then you have like river water essentially in a tank, and then nitrogen was going to like collect in the middle of that. Your heavy sediment's going to collect in the bottom. So if you have your overfill from coming, like you have a pipe for your overfill coming from the center, you're always going to have this constant like liquid nitrogen you can dilute and use for anything. But if you're sourcing it from food waste from like your community, that's like, uh, you know, just regular food waste, there's going to be so much glyphosate as for example, amongst other things, there's just going to be in that. I'm sure. Yeah. I don't take any food from, uh, I don't take any food. Yeah, you wouldn't want to use that to grow more food, but you could use it for energy, though. Is that's what I I argue is like taking yeah. all of that and then growing a Zola on that is just such a great way to produce heat and energy and like you have to collect it. That's the only problem. Well, you can give shots back. It's super easy to probably incentivize people to either bring it to you or to make sure that they're sourcing clean 
food waste and a lot of it. Yeah, that, that's, that, that, that's actually like, you know, if you wanted to open up a restaurant, actually, like, you know, because I think that's part of like the marketing. So I, th- I think for, for me, I don't want to just go only to farmers markets and rely on that. Like, I want to open up like, uh, I want to I want to show what, what like I want to show people what my food really is, you know, what my food really like tastes like and like the vision that I had for it, you know, and then you can do whatever you want. So the idea is to have like a cafe which has also like, okay, like I loved all your produce. Let me sign up for your CSA. Let me get this delivered to my house, like whatever, you know? Um, and that that's the idea is to like be way more creative and start getting way more creative by getting the word out there for all this stuff. And like, you know, growing fruit in a tropical greenhouse is a great way to market yourself in the in, in, when you're, when you have a, you know, no one has that product. Right. So it's worth, it's worth a lot more than, just any other type of produce because people are willing to pay the premium for local and they're willing to pay the premium for a really good tasting local tropical fruit. I think it's actually interesting that this guy, there's this famous dude who he wrote a, he wrote a book on growing tropical fruit in, in Aspen, Colorado, in the mountains, which is pretty fucking amazing. And his, his portfolio of fruit trees is fucking wild. Like he has an intense amount of biodiversity in and out of the greenhouse. Um, and I definitely want to do it that way. And then add the Bitcoin miners like later on, like I want it to be like a self-sustaining thing without any machinery. Right. It's just the greenhouse with a climate, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, the earth tubes just go six feet deep into the ground. And it's basically like creating a, an air circulation that goes through the earth first earth to like temperature control it. An earth chip. Yeah, but for for your greenhouse, so it's like you just instead of you're right, you're instead of building an earthship, you're just like putting those in, into your greenhouse build. Um, I've seen those before, yeah. So they don't require any energy to keep them warm. Yeah, or very minimal, right? So in in Aspen, I think this guy still has like a some climate control, like a you know some sort of uh, air conditioning. Um, but it's very it's it's it doesn't have a lot of stress on it. It wouldn't be able to operate like that on its own. Um, so yeah, over here where I'm at, I wouldn't need anything. Just that, just the climate, uh, just the little earth tubes, you know. Um, it's a pretty low bar. I actually think like the government would give me a good amount of money too, just for building it, like even the way that I want it, just exactly the way that I want it. Um, I think this guy got. How ironic is that? Yeah, I think this guy got a million bucks or something from Obama to build to build the second one. He built the first one from scrap pieces, like things he got from like the junkyard. Dude's wild. Dude's super interesting. I have to get his name. Keep calling him dude, and I'm like trying to remember this guy's name. And I don't know where the book is right now. It's in some boxes somewhere. Dude with the magic knowledge on earthships. Say it again. The dude with the magic knowledge of earthships. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, this guy's a, this real beast. I, I heard him at like a, t- just like, I went to like some random, like a uh, panel and he was like the most interesting dude there, you know? Um, I, I, I think growing things in, in greenhouses is going to be the most fun. I'm super excited for that. Just like having tomatoes super late in the season. You know, there was one farm that I was working on that I was like, it had a, like this like indoor outdoor shower in the greenhouse and I'm definitely putting in that indoor outdoor shower in my greenhouse. Cause dude, when you're in the middle of a shower and you just like pop a couple tomatoes or some strawberries in your mouth, 
it's pretty it's pretty awesome and you're like eating shit there (laughs) yeah dude it's like it's (laughs) it's like sex in your mouth so you know if your girl's busy at least you can have that you know (laughs) and then on an outdoor shower man that's like when you take an outdoor shower you feel alive you know it's like it's like the other day i drove in a convertible for the first time in a long time wow like having the sun hit you when you're driving it's a game changer. It feels so good. And it's the same thing. Like, you know, you can actually sun your balls a little bit. Nobody can see you. You're going to sun your balls when you drive the convertible. <laughs> I was about to say exactly. that. Awesome. Exactly. No, when you're in the outdoor shower, bro, just like sunning those balls, dude, and eating those, eating, like just, ha- just eating in your greenhouse, t- showering in the greenhouse is just awesome. Um, I used to also take naps in this greenhouse that I worked in. Um, Every man's goal of life should be to uh, secure a yard that they can successfully sun their balls while having an outdoor shower. And that should be every man's like definition of wealth. Yeah. It's like, uh, sir, where's the, where's the ball sunning station? And where's the, where's the, where's the indoor outdoor shower? (laughs) Yeah. Preferably they're in the same spot. (laughs) Uh, my neighbors have been pretty upset that how I planned mine. I definitely have to make a little walk. (laughs) <laughs> but um but yeah man Isn't i mean that all funny? The- like, that's that's one of like anyone who sons their balls knows that that's one of the greatest sources of like youth and vitality and it's it's literally robbed from us you know it's such a taboo thing like how dare you have your balls out sir please put your balls away right <laughs> you're, you're doing, and it's so funny because like when i like i was on the sun sunning balls train like in college you know so I would like wake up before class. I would put my alarm clock like like 15 minutes before I actually needed to wake up. I would wake up. I'd go to the, to the balcony. I would lay down on the floor. Well, and, like I would take like the like that little mattress pad on like the lawn chairs, you know, put them on the floor. So no, so my neighbors couldn't see me. And I would just like sun my balls and then put and, like you know wait for for 15 minutes and then wake up and go to class. So you got to with the angles, right? You got to get the right angle of the sunlight, put your hand in the right position, and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Also, dude, like I have a friend who's fucking out there and he's super hilarious. And one time we're on the we're in the beach, we're swimming in the ocean. He's like, "Yo, so like, uh, he's talking to me. He's just casually, and I'm like, "Yo, like, are you naked right now? Because your bathing suit's like tied to your arm." And he's just like, "Yeah, dude, like, I don't swim with fucking this bathing suit on. Like, you crazy? I'm sunning my balls." And I was like, "Fuck, that is so smart." He just goes all the way deep. He's like, "I'm like, why are you taking me so?" And now I'm like, "Now I know why you took me to the deep end," you know. And just, uh, there's these little things is where you can actually do it, right? You just go deeper and you start swimming, sunning your balls like a, in the ocean. So if you needed a little trick, there it is. There you go. Get some uh, sunlight activated water on your balls at the same time. If it's in the ocean, even better. You get some yeah, salt in there. <laughs> it, it's actually in your butthole that you're going to feel it, like the water. You're going to be like, wow, like swimming naked is way different than swimming with a bathing suit on. Like you think like, oh, water's going everywhere. Like, nah. That shit's way different, and you feel it right in your butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely true. Like you know, it's hilarious because in uh in 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 Germany, in all the parks, like dude, they're all fucking naked, all of them, fucking naked and bathing suits are the, are the new shit coin, right? <clears throat> what? Bathing suits are the new shit coin. Yeah, like if you're not in a nude community, like you're not free. <laughs> you're against freedom, and if you're against you're not you're maximalist, you're against freedom, and if you're against freedom, you know whatever that quote is that Nico has. 
Yeah, you might have like a divide with the Puritans, bro. The Puritan Bitcoiners will not agree with you. Dude, honestly, it was pretty liberating. I was like in one of those parks and I was like, fuck it. I'm not fucking getting my fucking boxers wet for the whole day, but I'm jumping in that water. And I'm like, if those little kids are naked and that old dude or that looking fucking whatever the fuck that shit is down there, you know, I'm, I'm jumping in. Yeah, but you know, you know, I'm like still American, bro. So I'm like, you know, getting in pretty quick, getting in and out pretty quick. You know, I'm not just like standing there, you know? And uh, it's funny because like my friend, he didn't, he didn't go in. He's like, no, I'll just like walk around. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't want to see that shit. (laughs) Yeah, man. The localism, the, the, the idea of localism is just like, it's going to take hold. Like I'm actually super optimistic on, um, on the next 10 years. I think like, Oh, a lot of times on Bitcoin Twitter, like the price affects like the sentiment. So like so much, it's actually alarming, you know, the number, the number go up technologists. That's what I call them. Yeah. I mean, dude, like it's pretty interesting because like you would think that like they understand that everything's good for Bitcoin. If the price goes up, it's great for Bitcoin because then more people want to get in. And if the price goes down, it's great for Bitcoin because then more people want to get in. So it's like, it's pretty much like, it doesn't really matter how it goes anymore. And, um, I just think like, if you're in Bitcoin, like you should be focused on other things as well. Like it shouldn't, you can't, you you can't eat, drink or breathe your Bitcoin. Bitcoin's great, but it doesn't really solve those problems. It solves the Byzantine general's problem, but (laughs) it solves your ability to actually like measure, um, your wealth appropriately. Cause like you see. You know, if you if you're relying on a fiat measuring stick and then that breaks, well, then, you know, the local economy could still be the same. But all of a sudden we can't afford each other's goods and services because we don't know how to communicate anymore. And money is just a language, you know, um, and, and, and the problem with our language is broken in both English. It's already getting there, man. Just think of all the energy that the average person expends in a, even a 40 hour work week. But we know these days people aren't working 40 hours. They're doing way more. Usually, right? The average the average person's working like I think what are the statistics in America? Like two jobs, I think, or three jobs is the average, and they're like usually part time jobs. So people are just like strung out across different things, and the amount of energy that people are spending just to stay afloat versus what that gets them, it's like they're paying to play. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're also very small minded because they're like wanting a job, right? Like the the job they want i think most people are just stuck in that position they don't look at the alternatives like the value hasn't been proposed to them that hey why are you working when you should be like producing value in your own economy and like then you'll see actual wealth but they're, they're not that there's such a disconnect i know people with money who act the same way so the people have money in the bank they have a, a good paying job too and they act the same way then like they're they're all wage slaves at even though one can afford nicer things than the other one, you know? So it's like on some, it's not like a factor of like how much money you have. How shiny are your shackles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have any. So I just like, I just like spoke to a friend for like two hours today about this shit, you know? And like, uh, he doesn't need to take a job, but he, like he, he might take a job because like, you know, number go up in his bank account, you know? Um, and, for, for a lot of people, that's all they have to look forward to because they don't really have any goals. 
They don't really have any wishes and wants. They just want it to be simple. They told like, it's like the same thing that you see Jordan Peterson. It's like, Oh, they told us if we take the jab that it will, we'll be going back to normal. Right. And so it's like the, the normies are like, Hey, like we did everything you asked from us. Like we went to college, we got went to high school, whatever. Uh, you know, where's my jab? Jordan Peterson's pretty dumb for a smart guy. Yeah, I think like it's interesting, man, because like the important thing you could take from Jordan Peterson is how he goes about things, not the output. Right? Like if you were to just like use his like ability to be patient and coherent in his in like his responses and really be thoughtful in his responses and and and, and actually listen to like what the other person is saying to you, I think that's like something he's very, very good at. And he always doesn't talk. He never talks past the person he's talking to for the most part. You know, he's, he's, he could be wrong, but he's talking directly at the point that you're like referencing, you know, and a lot of these like uh, psychology people and, you know, a lot of these philosophy people, um, you know, I used to date a philosophy, uh, you know, PhD, whatever the fuck, you know, and uh, it just gets, it gets boring. Because a lot of it's an ego game. So Jordan Peterson sometimes gets lost in his ego as well, you know? Um, and, and trust is a bitch. Trust is something that once you get into Bitcoin and his entrance into Bitcoin really is just like, hey, all of that shit is like, you know, that veil is being lifted in front of your face. Well, you know, he, he went through that, that journey very publicly. Whereas me and you probably went through that journey way less publicly because we're not fucking Jordan Peterson. You know, and so, you know, you never know where you find yourself. And like, I'm sure he has, he deals with much greater pressures than anyone, any, any of us, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, envy his position. I, I wouldn't want to be famous. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely a public perception thing, but I mean, from the start though, like as soon as this started, I could have told you the new world order. Like it seemed pretty obvious from the start. I don't know. I think it comes from inherent trust. And lots of people just trust the system because they have a, attained a certain status within that system. So, I mean, that comes with the territory, I guess, with somebody like Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I, I think I remember some Bitcoiners were like, because I was like, oh, like, I, I'm not taking the vaccine, like, no matter what the data says. Even if the data says it's safe, I'm not taking it. I don't trust any of that shit. I don't, I don't care. I'm just not doing it. Like, uh, if I die, like, uh, I'd rather, like, I'd rather test my immunity than you know, succumb to big farm. I'm out. And a lot of people were giving me so much shit. Cause I was saying that like right in the beginning of the, of the, the first, like, you know, lockdowns. Right. And, um, not to mention you know, your immune system is what's doing the trick. Like people attribute the vaccine as magic, but even if it did what it's supposed to do, it's still your fucking immune system. So like either you catch it by breathing it through your nostrils or you inject it into your fucking veins and your body makes it itself. Like, I don't know which one sounds better. Well, you know, I think it's also like, uh, it's like this, like uh, most people don't like to make decisions, so they just get a job. It goes back to that same thing. They don't want to make a decision. I'm not saying everybody does, you know, but I'm saying like a lot of fucking people. I know a lot of people that it's not that they don't have anything else to offer. They don't want to take a risk. They don't want to do anything to rock the boat. They just want to quote unquote, you know, build a life, you know, and like, yeah, so many people are telling me the same. Like, I feel like when I talk to people, like they all are reading from a script or something. Like, we're really in a simulation or some shit. You know, it's fucking wild. Like, it's like, what do you mean? Like, 
you're just trying to build a life. What the fuck does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, does that mean you're just going to like keep on amassing money in your bank until you can like, afford? you know, yeah, you're just going to go on that treadmill. Well, you know, I ask a lot of people, why don't they, you know, if they're, if they're, if they have goals for like to be wealthy, like why, why does that not include like you, like, you know, your own cows and shit, you know? And then I refer to Rick Ross. I'm like, Rick Ross is smarter than you, you know? And then they're like, they get a little offended and they start thinking about it. So I think like it, you know, I, I think we're at a, at a turning point. You know, you know, just but before the pandemic, nobody wanted to grow shit for themselves. You know, life was good. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they thought. Everything was number go up technology before the pandemic. Right. And then after the pandemic, the stock market had record highs. There's always been some neck. There's always been some number go up technology for everyone to subscribe to. That hypnotizes them. Right. So they keep on just like running on the treadmill and just eroding away their time and their life, their life source, essentially. Um, yeah, I think, I think more and more people are seeing the value in their time and, and like, Hey, I don't want to just work for the man. I don't want to go to the stupid job that I hate. Um, I want to actually just contribute value in a way that I see fit. And Bitcoin's that tool. All these talks lately about Bitcoin being co-opted by the state these things not being secure. It's it's not a problem with Bitcoin. It's a problem with using in feed rails and like the, how you interface with Bitcoin. Like, are you using it as this like speculative asset that you're off ramping and on ramping all the time with? Well, yeah, it's probably not great for privacy, but like, are you using it to like generate and stimulate commerce within your local community? Well, it's great for privacy and it's great for sovereignty and a whole bunch of other things. Like, it's such a powerful tool. It's like fire. You can burn down your neighbor's house or you can, you know, cook your steak. It's, it's still just a tool. Well, yeah, you know, and I think like uh, when I start really, that's when like, I'll be probably the start of like the Bitcoin economy where I'm at. But when, when I talk about those things with people, they seem to be very open to those things because they want something for me. You know, and uh, when when you when you want something from somebody, you also want to be liked by them. It's like you you, you know when you go to like your your local coffee spot and you have like you like the dude versus you hating the dude that's making your coffee. It's like a huge difference, right? And then there's also like liking him and then also being his friend, right? And you're like, oh, that's a huge difference. I'm getting hooked up left and right. You know, it's like uh, it feels good, even if you don't need the hookup, right? Like. Whatever it could be a one dollar thing, but it's the feeling that you get that you're just like you're happy about it. You even tell you go back, tell your girl like, "Yo, like this is our spot," you know. And it's just yeah, fun you know, the guy at the weed shop or something like that. It's like, "Yo, I got the in on the weed shop. It's great." Exactly, and like, uh, for example, like I found a dude who makes like the best cheese, like some of the best cheese I've ever had, and I'm like, I need to orange pill him, and I need to be very careful on how I do it because like if I fuck up, I'm gonna be distraught. You know, and I buy a lot of cheese from this guy. Like he was, <laughs> he was distraught on how much cheese I bought for him because, like, my girlfriend loves his cheese, and I do too. We eat that. We eat it like without even paying attention, and it's like raw, you know, like unpasteurized, all that stuff. So it's like hard to get those things, and then it's also from like you know down the street. It's pretty like it's like an unbelievable come up, you know. So uh, I'm, like, this is like the most the most scarcity is actually in in uh, raw cheese. <laughs> Yeah, and this guy's like, dude, you know, you have to go to Europe for to get this shit. 
know? Like, sure, I, I, sure, I proposed trading one scarce asset for another. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I hope he's like, oh, Bitcoin, I already have. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Just send it over here. He's you like, know? yeah, come down and see my node, bro. I got it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I doubt it, you know? Because, like, he, I could tell he's like, you know, a lot of people who are producers like that, uh, they're like, they, they, they'd rather not interact with the tech, you know, side of the world. They're like Amish, like a lot of these people. Like, hey, bro, those Amish windmills could run a node, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we're, we're definitely, I'm definitely consider myself techno Amish, you know, like where I, I want to use the, like the only piece of technology I actually yeah, like amazing. to use Techno Amish. I identify as Techno Amish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't coin it. There was definitely a, a group of Techno Amish people for a while now, like on the internet somewhere. Um, but uh, it's 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 definitely uh, like I, I if Bitcoin didn't exist, I would easily get rid of all my tech stuff. I'd be like, look, like surveillance, like all this shit, like you know, <laughs> I wouldn't need anything. Like, what do I need? Okay, I have my little internet connection. Great. Like, I don't need to carry my phone with me. I don't need to carry anything. Dude, I carry my phone with me just to shit post with you fuckers all day. Think I would fucking carry my phone if it wasn't for you guys? No, I'd leave that shit in the house, you know? You honored the plebs with the, with the, uh, with the infrareds or whatever. With the, uh, <laughs> all the radioactive shit carrying around that cancer in your pocket, bro, just for us. Yeah, like, if you, if you gave me a phone and the only thing it could do is stack sats and go on Twitter, like, that, I really, like, you would just need to hold a digital camera next to it. That's it. Like, I really don't. There's nothing else. Like, I on it, I can tell you, man. Like, if you look at my whatever, you know, like, it tells you, like, what apps you use. And it's, like, like, three apps. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like, me opening strike to deposit more money or something like that, you know? And then it's like me opening strike to deposit more money to buy shit too from Bitcoiners. And then it's like, <laughs> and then it's like me depositing more money on strike <laughs> and then opening Twitter a hundred times just to fucking see what dumbass memes you guys are posting, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and seeing what dumbass takes people are fucking posting and then some great takes, you know, some, some diamonds in the rough, you know, it's, it's actually funny, we hate on Twitter. We hate on Twitter so much, but it's like, Twitter is like a great hosting platform for now, but it's funny because they're so unimportant. Like Twitter could shut down tomorrow and all of the plebs would find each other again on some random fucking type forum. If that's what it was like, we go back to 2009 style forum. If, <laughs> if that's what it took, I feel like it's like, yeah, you, can't, you can't stop this shit. I also don't think it matters. Like people are like, Oh my God, like Twitter censorship. Like I used to be like that too. Like, Oh like, fuck that. I'm going to like, I actually don't care anymore because it's like, uh, I'm just shit posting. And if you want to ban me, like I'll just go be more productive. Like peace, you know, like it's not, it's not a threat. Like you're ruining your own business model. Not mine. You know, I don't, I don't make any money off this shit. Less screen I mean? time for Twitter. Yeah. Like, you know, and then that's something that I, uh, that's something that I also uh, I feel strongly about. Like, don't we don't need to be selling things to each other that 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 are that is irrelevant. You know, there's a lot of irrelevant sales going on. You know, in in every industry. You know, there's going to be that little like bloatware type of experience. And um, I think a lot of like the actual like knowledge in Bitcoin is super hard to like obtain directly in 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 like a full format because you know there is no marketing team, and we do a fucking horrendous job 
on purpose because it's actually a competition. Like we're incentivized to just meme people and, you know, be kind of crude because it's like, you know, more stats for me. Right. It's like people come on Bitcoin Twitter and they have no idea. They're like, I went on Bitcoin Twitter. I thought it was about like cryptocurrencies and turns out it's about like seed oils and Nancy Pelosi. And like, I don't even know. <laughs> Dude, it's, it, it, it's actually funny. Cause it's like, uh, it's actually just a, okay. We agree on Bitcoin, but like, let's debate everything else, you know? And the worst thing to like bring to a debate is asking someone to be nicer to you. Right. Like <laughs> that's not how you win a debate. I've never been like, sir, could you be a little bit less good at what you're doing here? Um, you know, <laughs> sir, could you be nicer to me? Like, I don't know any of those things. When I see that shit on Twitter, I'm just like, all right, like you're dead to me because there's no way that you're going to be hard enough to even go and, 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 and verify anything, including your food and water. You know, the, at the end of the day, like some of this work is just like, it's not meant for the motherfucker who wants to wear a suit every day. You know, like you're going to get dirty. Sir, I'm going to ask you to give me the six feet on Twitter spaces, please. <laughs> Sir, um, if you haven't built your greenhouse yet, can you please shut the fuck up and leave Twitter? Okay, peace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things like like uh, that are important to do, and one of them is not policing people's words on Twitter. I think like the best thing is that like Gladstein uses gay and retard. Uh, I don't know if he says fag or not, but I'm just saying like even Gladstein, who's like human rights, you know, uh, activist and uh, like CIA agent. I mean, activist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, he definitely doesn't give a fuck to use those. Like, uh, he definitely, you know. And then it's like, tweet the next day from like, hey, Bitcoin Twitter is like misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, every phobic. I'm like, listen, dude. There's way you're listing way too many things, and you're going way too fast. Can you spell each one, please, for me? Because uh, I don't really understand. That's what I tell people sometimes. I put on like a little accent, you know. I'm like, uh, don't understand, huh? And they're just, dude. Some people are just big dumb. Man. And uh, I think both... to make a nim come on Twitter Spaces and talk with like a foreign accent and just ask stupid questions about cryptocurrencies and see how mad you can get the vibes. Honestly, bro, my new avatar might make it so nobody fucking questions it. I'll just start fucking. I don't even need to make a new one. I'll just start talking like that. <laughs> Like, no one's going to take me seriously. People were taking me way too seriously. So I was like, fuck it. Like, I got to change this avatar. Like, you know, can't have, can't have people fucking be taking me way too fucking seriously. I said something about the moon landing video. Just the video, bro. Not even that the moon landing was faked or not. Just the video, bro. People's fucking... The video was definitely faked. <laughs> Who was filming it? I want to know who was there filming it when they landed. No, it, 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 I, I, I tweeted like, oh, the, this war feels it seems as staged as the moon landing videos and people just couldn't handle it they just mind mind exploded is every all the soy faces come out that's fucking awesome man that's how it always works no it's like people actually arguing if we landed or not and I'm, listen bro i'm not even arguing that i'm arguing that you could look at it either fucking way because if you think that the war isn't staged 
well, then you probably also think that the moon landing video also wasn't staged. Probably, you know? And probabilistically, if you think the war feels staged, you probably are also falling into the same category, probabilistically speaking, that, you know, the videos at least look somewhat weird. Okay. Yeah, the war is definitely real, but it's like, it, it's in the way that it's not two nation states against each other. It's like a bunch of fucking dorks in, in a ski club decided to like have guerrilla warfare and like spend some money on bombs and like builds and all this stuff and centralize their power some more. That's, that's basically what's going on. Like there's really people dying, but it's not black and white. It's not that cut and dried. I mean, dude, just the statements that the heads of states ma are making on this is just like, it's just hilarious. It's like all sick virtue signal. There's nothing else, you know? So it's just weird. It's just, they're you know, they hate Russians because they're white. Right. But it's funny. Cause it's like, you could have read that statement as thinking that I am a skeptic or that I'm actually not a skeptic at all. It just depends how you want to view it. Right. And that was the point of the tweet. And people were like, bro, you're spreading misinformation. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> you know, you have to like Twitter is, also fun, you know? So like have fun with some, some things, you know, it's not about like Twitter is about misinformation, you know, like, and it's, it literally showed everyone that misinformation has been around for ages. Just look at how we decided to grow our food. Oh, let's just outsource it all to the government because it's exactly what we did. Your parents and their parents outsourced all the food production to the government. Yeah, instead of eating animal fat, which we've done for like as long as we've ever been a species, um, I you know what'd be better, guys? Let's just like start eating old engine lubricant. That would be better. Well, it's 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 actually interesting, bro, because they actually convinced you to to actually cook that animal fat in that lubricant, which is even worse because you don't even need, actually need to put anything. You just throw the steak on the pan and it cooks itself. You don't need no, anything. No, 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 you have to cover it in Crisco, bro. Don't you know anything? <laughs> yeah. you, like take candle. Candle wax and just put that shit all over your steak, dude. You know how stupid people are these days. You know what? I, when they ask me, like, "Oh, it's bad for you," and I go, "I go, okay, let's take a spoon of olive oil and a spoon, <laughs> of and like we'll both we'll both eat it." Okay, you okay? Let's do the same thing with other things. You drink Aunt Jemima's maple syrup straight from the bottle, and I'll drink like like a really nice maple syrup straight from the bottle. You know, <laughs> fucking huge difference. You know, it's it's like. It's like having a McDonald's cheeseburger and having a fucking real cheeseburger that you made at home from like some ground beef that you got from like, you know, your own bison, you know, so it, it's just, it, it, there's just such a spectrum on like, and like, and like the crazy thing about it, man, is that if you were to just tell somebody that when they were young, Hey, if you try it and it doesn't taste good, don't fucking eat it. Like yeah, but they, break, they break children, bro. Like with all the seed oils, these synthetic, like, shit like it breaks people and they make them want to like only eat those foods and then they're repulsed by like real food it's a real phenomenon so here's the even further part of seed oil is that blow my mind okay so you know i think i think this sort of seed oil industry realized that people actually don't like this shit you know and that it doesn't taste good right because okay like olive oil i dip my bread into right and it tastes amazing Right, a good olive oil dipping in the bread, it tastes great. Right, drizzle some olive oil on on some octopus, whatever, it tastes fucking amazing. Right, like there's so many things that you can use olive oil for that taste great. Olive oil, and octopus. I have to say that's a new combination, bro. Yeah, olive oils. I mean, that's Mediterranean shit, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, 
you know, all over the Mediterranean, they're, they're making all of them in every fucking country. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, dude, so fucking, uh, I mean, definitely olive oil on my, on my tomatoes, salt and pepper, you know, um, I'm not going to fucking put fucking canola oil on that shit, you know? And so what they realized was that people actually really love butter. So people were moving to butter, right? They're like, Oh, I don't need this shit. Like I like butter. And then what ended up happening was, was there was this war on butter. All right. There was, there was a war on butter and margarine was the first, like margarine was the first, like beyond meat type shit. I can't believe it's not butter. Exactly. 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 That's what I was thinking. I can't believe it's not butter. Remember that shit? Can't believe it's not butter. What a fucking, like what a fucking idiot buys that. Come on, man. I can't believe it's not butter either. Motherfucker. And it doesn't taste like it either. You know? And it doesn't feel like it doesn't even look like it, like whatever. But you get my point that you kind of like a uh, even butter. It's like people are like no, like that's bad for you. Like butter's bad for you, dude. Like I like, and it's like hmm, like you're literally using something that literally like people take school buses and convert them to run on that, so that they can go and get it for free. And you want me to put that shit in my body, dude? Yeah. It's gonna be a hard no for me. I've never ever understood it. You know, I, I've never seen a, a household in Europe or anywhere that is using that shit. Anywhere, I've never seen it. Never seen. I, 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 it, it's it's fucking mind blowing. You know, like I go to the American houses and they have like fucking stockpiles of fucking canola oil. I'm like, dude, this shit's cheap. You don't need to buy the mega fucking mountain fucking Chris uh, Costco fucking. You know, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can go on a rant for ages on this shit, but yeah, but basically, like, you know, even you know, you go down the butter rabbit hole and you're like, all right, where do I get my butter? Then you start getting some really good butters and you're like, oh, okay, like, I need to eat butter. <laughs> this shit's fire. Shit's great. And, uh, and I think, like, so long as, uh, I think so long as we're talking about this stuff, like more and more people are, are going to be like, yeah, like fuck all that shit, you know? Yeah, everyone, and, uh, your butter and your egg yolk should be the color of the Sats radio logo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Spot on. And it, it's even interesting, like, um, if you ate butter, you would be full pretty quick, you know? Right? Like, like comparatively to the fucking seed oil, right? Seed oil, like, kind of like makes you stay hungry. And, and, and then think about every time you're in a restaurant. Okay, and they fry some shit for you. What are they frying it in? I mean, it's a seed oil. Pick one. They probably they're using a seed oil, right? So you really can't eat out unless they're frying it in butter. No, they just drain the cars. They do oil changes in the back. Yeah, <laughs> they, uh, they use that and recycle it. And it's like the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. Like my my uh, my 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 grandfather. The second that he he spent time like in a in a restaurant kitchen for the first time. He he stopped eating in restaurants. He refused. He would eat before the, the restaurant, and he would sit down and he wouldn't eat. He'd just eat at home. So you know, because he just couldn't handle like what he saw. He's like, I don't want to eat any of this shit. You know, and 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 it's crazy because most people nowadays that I see like in cities, like they're fully reliant on not cooking at all. Like cooking a meal is like an it's like a special occasion. You know, it's like oh we're cooking dinner tonight. You know? Yeah, everything Uber eats and freaking all that stuff. Like that's how everybody stuff now because 
<clears throat> you know, I mean, yeah, I know. Uber owes Uber owes me now. I just plugged them on this podcast. For real. Right. But, but like when I go visit my friends, I feel like shit after. I'm like, do I need to take a fucking cleanse from that shit? You know, fucking it like sticks inside of your body. It's like it's like you put a foreign object inside of your body. Like you just ate some gravel in the driveway or something. You know, it's not even food. Dude, it's, it's it might as well. It, it literally it literally might as well on my body. It might as well be like a fucking virus. <laughs> it's the real pandemic, though. It really is the real pandemic. It is hundred percent. Like if you look at who who died from this shit and who got fucked up from this shit, it was people that were already fucked up from all the seed oils, dude. And it's like, like my 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 family doesn't want to give up the the seed oil. Like the they use like one of the seed oils, uh, safflower oil or something to fry. And I'm like, why don't you just fry an olive oil? And they're like, I feel like there's just like a war on everything. They're like, oh, olive oil, like it has a, a low burn temp. And I'm like, dude, whatever, bro. Just fucking fry it. Get some come out there. Just go cooking some plain old beef fat or some butter. Yeah, yeah. Like, or bad. butter. Exactly. Like something easy that you, like most people would do is like cooking butter, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I used to, I used to just cook in, in bacon fat. I used to like cook bacon like in the morning and then leave it on the pan and then come back. In the evening, just cook right on there. Finding yeah. sulfite-free bacon in a grocery store, like unless you're unless you're getting it from like an actual, you know. Like Actually, I used to get it from the Russian market where I used to live in college. I would I would seek out these Russian markets because they would they would always have the smoked bacon and like the, all the smoked meats, you know. And so I used to go and buy it from the Russians. Actually, damn, bro, you're fucking instantly canceled. You just canceled my whole podcast. Dude, honestly, that was my that was my job. I actually been trying to get Bitcoin Kindergarten canceled too, um, and I haven't been successful one time. So you're good to go. Nobody yeah, actually. I like an optimist to come up here and talk. And defend Dude, I've called so many people retards, and I'm still not booted off Twitter. So I haven't been suspended once. So I, I don't really know. Either, man. I'm surprised. Like I really am. Like I've done some very very terrible things. The thing is, I've just never threatened anybody. Maybe that's like where the limit is, you know? Yeah, I've never threatened anyone. I did mimic Klaus Schwab temporarily for a week. I felt like devil horns on Klaus Schwab. That was fun. Yeah, they suspended you for that? No, I never got suspended for it. No, I was like, I put, I put, uh, what did I put? It was Klaus Schwab. That's what I put. Uh, Yeah, Klaus Schwab. Yeah, (laughs) fucking, it's crazy how like, uh, also like, different names that you learn like being on twitter you know i probably would have never heard of klaus schwab if i wasn't on twitter have you guys seen that meme going around where it's like there is a storm coming and none of you are prepared it's like me i'm fam every family meeting <laughs> dude there's actually like uh no storm coming like it just uh there's actually you know, all the fear porn that we ingest on a daily basis here is like half of it is like really good to protect yourself against. Right. And the other half is just like, hmm, well, if you keep saying that one day you might be right, but you're going to say it for quite some years now, you know, like, you know, the, the interesting is the interesting thing is the, the bulltards versus the bears. Right. And when I mean bears, I mean like actual people who are bullish on Bitcoin long term, but they like to say in the short term, we're going to experience headwinds. Right. Bears. 
right? Then you have like these gay bears, right? And then so you have the gay bears and then you have the bulltards, right? And they both look super stupid at many different times, right? So they're both irrelevant. And then there's the DCA stackers and the people who are just stacked, you know, those are, those are, the, there's not that many people doing that. Like we know all of them. Yeah. Those are the real, those are the real, those are the real corners for sure. Then there's like a subgroup of those who actually see Bitcoin for what it is. I feel like, and even out of the, like just the, just the stackers, they're still having a hard time. They're like, yeah, hyper Bitcoinization will happen in 50 years, 60 years. I mean, there's just, there's just too much bearishness going on. And then the price predictions that people give out are just fucking half of them are memes, but some people actually are serious. So, you know, there's, there's, there's all of that in the middle. And I think, uh, right now we're in a situation where people, people hate the crab, the crab walked sideways price, you know, it really hurts them mentally. I think the most, but like well, their, their faith will waver, right? Well, yeah. And actually I wanted to tie that back into like, you know, homesteading and farming and growing things because things will go out of your favor. They will promise you, promise you, you're going to experience tremendous failure one way or another. You're going to experience it. Like nature is not forgiving. You know, the earth is not forgiving, you know? And, um, I think Bitcoin is, uh, it's only built for maximum pain and, uh, growing your own food is, you know, you're setting yourself up for maximum pain as well. But with that comes the greatest returns in history, you know, and, uh, people, you know, a couple hundred years ago, if you told them that you could buy land for pretty cheap relatively to like what people were paying wages for, if you like work remotely, for example, you know, in today's world, and you could buy like, you know, half acre and you can grow your own food. Well, you know, you're pretty much living like a fucking king was right. Like you're not sharecropping. You're not, you don't owe anything to anybody else. Like you just, just buy land and grow your own food. Fuck dude. That's some king shit. That's some, that's some shit that you can do if you break out of the matrix. That's all it takes. Cause it doesn't even take a lot of money. You think it takes a lot of money. It doesn't. You, you could probably buy a piece of land that's sufficient and build a little tiny little home on there for probably under, like if you really want, like, you know, you don't care where you can do the whole thing for sure for under 30 grand, you know, half an acre, you know, for sure, for sure under, but I'm saying like with a well, maybe if you have to drill it and stuff like that, maybe it all together comes out to that, you know? So, you know, if you, you, yeah, sorry. Do you think that maybe depends on where you are? Cause I was actually looking into it today, 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 literally. And the regulations in Canada, as far as like, building um they're called sunken greenhouses it's almost like in some places in toronto you basically have to get the same fucking licenses and the same uh whatever uh what the fuck do they give you the oh the people that come to the house to make sure that everything is good anyways yeah like you basically it's the same thing to to add like a greenhouse onto your property in some places they like Wait, but uh, like if you buy like a small little patch somewhere, like maybe you don't, you don't even ask permission. You know what I mean? But like, I'm also not advocating, I'm also not advocating, uh, you know, doing things. gardening. Yeah. You can also rent like acreage where like your name never shows up 
right? Like you can rent like a half acre, like, you know, from, from, from somebody or, you know, it, there's so many ways to go about this shit. But what I will say is, is like, if you can get the fuck out of Canada and move a little South, maybe it'll be better off. But I understand not wanting to move either. But in that case, you know, like it shouldn't be such a big expense either. Like, you know, if you could take that, you know, idea and spread it between like, you know, you and a couple family members or a couple good friends, well then, you know, maybe you don't need so many, like maybe the obstacles aren't insurmountable, you know, cause you can spread, uh, the cost of like, uh, and the, and the time it takes to like deal with all those licenses or whatever. I don't really know. Cause like, I don't have to do any of that. Right. So I just like, if I want to fucking put a greenhouse, like I made sure I made sure to get my couple acres where there was no restrictions for what I wanted to do. Right. And so I think like finding open use land, there's, you know, it's interesting when I was in college, uh, I wanted to do a semester abroad, even though I was doing already like my, uh, I wasn't in America for my college was already like international. Um, but I wanted to do a semester abroad and Saskatchewan was offering $10,000. And at the time that was like more than, you know, that was like, uh, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And, uh, longer and uh, they were offering ten thousand dollars to do a semester there and i really can you know but then you know i decided to go somewhere with nicer weather but it's interesting because there's definitely places in canada that want to go there so i would be shocked if there was any you know i would be shocked if there isn't like an option right right bitcoin bum like there has to be somewhere where where you can find a w even in canada Definitely looking into it. I'm sure. I'm sure there's got to be someplace. But you're right. Like a sunken greenhouse. Like I was looking at winterized greenhouses in Canada, and it's it's amazing for not a really big spot. You can feed like this guy was like feeding a family of seven. Hell yeah! I mean, wait. When you say sunken greenhouse, they really require you get a permit for digging three feet into the ground because you know you can. Yep. You only have to dig three feet into the ground to get a six foot deep. So in some areas they make you dig the same because I think for um, like building um, basements for houses, you got to dig, uh, what is it, 8 to 12 feet or something, a little bit lower. And yeah, you got to dig way more than yeah. This yeah, is like yeah. City, and so though, they right? make you do the same shit. It's, it's utterly useless. There's no point. And I think it's the same thing in New York State too. From so, then more, so then don't ask for permission. Yeah, exactly. But then if they, yeah. yeah no, because exactly. they won't be able to tell where it was below ground you have to understand that it's actually there's no way to prove it so like you, sure. when you dig three feet you what you're going to do is you're also going to build three up so it's going to look like ground level but it's going to be like six feet medical advice folks yeah and this is definitely advice for sure you should try it out and the worst <laughs> thing that happen to you you're really you trying to get ghost banned yeah and the and the the, the, the interesting thing though is that they can are they really going to fucking make an example out of the Bitcoin bum fucking growing tomatoes? What was that You said Shishi the bill. You just be like, bro, I got this advice from this lawyer on Twitter. His name's Shishi. He's an otter. Dude, I'm a fucking deep autist remnant. I'm telling you that I fucking... Dude, e e cannabis is illegal to grow. I grow my plant because I'm not buying from no drug. I'm not buying from no fucking idiot. And I'm also not buying some shit that I can't verify that goes into my brain. But guess what? Oh, I'm just... Yeah, I'm gonna, smoke yeah. I'm gonna smoke weed, dude. I'm not gonna sell weed. I'm not stupid, you know. I will sell weed when it's legal. I will grow weed like commercially when it's legal. But for now, 
I grow myself and I say it publicly. I don't give a fuck. Dude, I've been smoking weed. You know, when I was when I was growing up, weed was like like this like bad thing. Like a lot most parents were like, you smoke weed? And I'm like, dude, you smoke weed. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, these fucking boomers are the most hypocritical fucking, you know, people, man. You know, I'm like, I found a joint in your fucking drawer, you know, and I smoked that shit. Uh, fucking Karens, bro. And, uh, but yeah, you know, like, uh, I don't really, I don't really think that we should pay attention to laws that are so absurd. Now you should take your precautions and, you know, make it look like you didn't dig. Okay. Right. Make it so they can't really see anything. Don't invite, you know, don't invite people to your greenhouse in the beginning. You know what I mean? That shouldn't be there, you know? And it's like, you know, who's going to rat you out? Oh, I could tell this greenhouse didn't, they didn't pull the permits for the three feet fucking hole that they dug. Yeah. Right. Give me a break. It's like, it's like when people tell you when you're renovating a house, it's going to be a lot of permits and it's like, yeah, but like, which permits are you going to pull? Nobody pulls all the permits. You think all these contractors are pulling 100% of the permits that they're supposed to pull? Dude, I'm telling you out of, I've worked for them. The answer is fuck no. no. 18 holes of golf and a few drinks are a lot cheaper. Yeah. And also they don't even need that. Dude, in America, it's all about asking for forgiveness. It's all about asking for forgiveness. And in a place that has some sort of freedom built into it, you're asking for forgiveness is not such a big deal. Obviously, you know, you're not in fucking, you know, North Korea. We're asking for forgiveness. You know, you don't really get that far. You know what I mean? <laughs> or wherever, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think many people are getting second chances from like, you know, the Russian Federation either. Or any of these fucking governments, you know? So, like, you just don't want to be on their radar. And we're such small fish. Like, I don't think we should worry ourselves over over the qualms of bureaucracy. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, I could totally get fucked for growing this one fucking plant in my house. But you bet your bottom dollar I would go to the fucking press. You know what I mean? I would fucking make a whole thing out of it. Over one plant? And, dude, the lawyers would love to take my fucking case, you know? So, if they really want to have that fight, like... I'm bored waiting for hyper Bitcoinization. Bring it on. You know, what are they going to slap me on the wrist? Great. I'm going to go right back and plant the seed. The second I get home, they can't search my home. Nothing like there's nothing. It's what I'm saying. It's like, dude, I, I would tell a police officer the same thing. You know what I mean? Because, and there's no way that a coherent person is getting fucked. Right. Who's just doing the right thing for his family. Like those people are, you have to be a special kind of piece of shit. Right. To actually fuck someone over. So I don't know. Bitcoiners just got to build like their own shit and not really like uh, pay attention to the noise and definitely be asking back better. Yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, building, building the winterized green, so much fun. Like, and at the end of the day, it's not meant to stay there forever. So <laughs> it's, it's one of those things that you just put up and nobody's ever going to bother you. You know, over a small greenhouse. Look, if it was some fucking industrial fucking size greenhouse, I'd be like, listen, you should get the permit. You know? <laughs> but I don't think you're there. I'll bum. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, and 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 that's that that's that's the thing, right? Like uh a lot of times these government subsidies are uh actually like a, a trap because then you're trapped into all the licensing and all that bullshit, right? Because it's all by the book. So you always got to weigh those options. So sometimes it's totally worth it. And it actually like 
they pay you to do it and there's not really much in the way of you getting that grant. So when you can take the money at no cost to you, like you should definitely do it. I'm sure there's like a lot of incentives too, uh, for like the, the cost of certain things. I don't know. I know rainwater harvesting is like something that's coming up. Um, lots of different things like that. Anything else we didn't hit? Does anyone else have want anything to say? Feel free to contribute. We have uh, we have somebody from the Russian Federation. Oh shit! My bad, y'all. I forgot. I was a speaker. I smoked too much. Yeah. Too many dabs. Poor Russian. Russian's been literally. He's been the on-site Russian expert in every site that he, like every spaces that he goes to. As soon as they see Russian come in, they're like, "Oh, Russian, <laughs> come tell us all about Putin." Like him and Putin were having coffee together back in the country. Like, yeah, but I don't like. I really, truthfully, do not like to talk about it. But at the same time. A lot of people, you know, they just don't know history, so I can't. Like, they need, there's a lot more in play than what your fucking media puts out. Yeah, so. the best is when the, the the best is when you mention Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, dude. yeah, but no, like, man, yeah, I just usually get called Russian bot and get booted. <laughs> Or you should, you should change spray. your handle. You should change your handle, like to Hunter Biden's. Nah, dude, I'm not changing. <laughs> That's, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I know what I know. You know, I mean, we should all change your handles on Bitcoin Twitter. Just saying. <laughs> not so, really, but she, she. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Um, on your two eight, like. With regards to permaculture, like, are you in a hot climate or are you? Uh, I, I'm in seven A. So, uh, like, I, um, it's a subtropical uh, area. So it's like right in the middle, right? Like the hardiness zones are like one to twelve or four, thirteen, whatever the numbers are. Okay. Yeah, I was very specific on where I chose. I didn't. Like where, like, like I wasn't like I'm not from where I am, you know. I chose very specific. I'm like I had to like expensive irrigation, right? Because all right, let's say you had a let's say you needed let's say, all right. The best thing that you could do is have subterranean drip irrigation, not even on the surface, like literally subterranean, right? You set that up one time, you're good to go. But that one time setup costs you all your money, okay? Well, if you're in a dry climate, you're kind of fucked. You have to do it because then you don't have shit. Then you're just risking it with the rain. That's stupid, you know? Um, all right. So I said, I don't want to irrigate. I got to be in a place with rain, right? And I said, I didn't want to be anywhere where I didn't have groundwater and rainwater. I wanted both. One isn't sufficient for me. Like, so Florida was off the table because I don't believe the ground stay uh, pure forever or at least that's the risk right that uh the you know when you have an aquifer in limestone the problem is is when the salt water starts to rise a little bit it, it fills up the aquifers with too salty water you know so the problem is when you have like super porous stone it just when the sea rises 
it rises from the bottom and you're just fucked. So, you know, I don't know. I just didn't want to be in Florida. It was too hot too. Like I'm going to go work outside and fucking hundred degree fucking weather with all those mosquitoes and humidity. I was just like, I like the humidity, but you know, there's, there's a limit. And then you have hurricanes and you know, every time there's a hurricane, you got to hope that your farm doesn't get absolutely fucking wrecked and like all that garbage. So I was like, all right, Florida's out. Rug, rug full of Katrina. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I don't really, you know, if I was in, you know, hurricanes, whatever, it's not that big of a deal anymore unless you're living like in a mobile home, you know, um, which, you know, there's a fucking risk too. Let's say you wanted to build a little cabin. Like, you definitely don't want to be doing that in Florida. You know, you want to build something that could withstand a fucking hurricane. Cause then uh, what else, what's the fucking point? Right. Um, so there's like a lot of issues, like in a lot of the, you know, what, what's, what's up, what's up Hunter Biden's laptop. Yeah, it was good, man. Is it just me or he's like breaking up? No, it's just you, bro. The feds have got you tagged. It's the laptop. <laughs> no, nah, for real. Like, dude, you sound like a robot. <laughs> no, I really. Too, Sometimes uh, you just break up a little bit. But... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm on. I'm on the shittiest internet to rain internet upon me. Eventually. Okay, uh-huh. I'm just making sure. Yeah, I guess you're trying to fry the vegetables before you even get them off the tree. Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't my end. You're good, but I think like most Bitcoiners focus on political arbitrage and not Citadel, like focus on just what's good for the Citadel first and then work backwards from there. They're like, all right, like where could I, what fits the criteria of like, uh, a resilient uh, citadel, right? And remember, sustainability. When you talk about sustainability, it's not about ESG. It's about lasting for a hundred years. So it's about like whatever you build is going to last beyond your lifetime, right? That's sustainability, right? And uh, because nothing, are nothing. That, are you? Are you just to define? Are you officially uh, declaring the experts false? I'm. I'm declaring uh, Shishi's were all right, and whoever take, and whoever whoever doesn't take me extremely seriously can go fuck off. <laughs> go fuck. Can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, just like it's it's like the actual like uh you know like intent of like what people want to be doing. I think you know if you build a farm and then you die and your kids sell it and it turns into three single family homes instead of a fucking farm, well then, dude, you failed them because like. And they failed you, you know, and they failed their children, right? So the idea is that you can pass that shit on to the next generation, at least, at least one generation, right? So a lot of farmers, when they sell their farms, they actually don't give it to their kids. They sell it to like another farmer, right? They they try to, a lot of people uh, do that when they retire, you know? Um, I remember like there was one where they were putting out, I put out like my, my resume, you know? to try i've had to put out a resume to try to buy this shit you know like i never done that before but it was like hey i'll hey if i if they they're, they're giving it to, to like a for a great price right so i was like all right like i'm in you know and uh, i just didn't have enough uh experience or whatever at the time i was just like you know eager and, and and fresh but all the farmers there that i've met like are on my tour of like all these different farms that i've worked on um 
you know, the, the number one thing that they're always contending with is, uh, is like the, the place that they live in, they're just, they don't want to move. So they just contend with that place. Well, that's how it always was, you know? And so you have to choose what you want to contend with, but don't choose what you want to contend with and then be upset with your choice, you know? Cause trust me, it's hard to unravel that investment, you know? And, uh, you know, I saw, for example, when I, when I got here to North Carolina, I saw a phone that he posted on his Instagram cause I was, I was trying to volunteer with him cause I was just bored waiting for, you know, to find some, some fucking land. I was like, Oh, let me go help somebody. And, uh, this guy's whole farm was flooding his walkways full with water. Right. And you're like, damn, you took a resource water and you made it your fucking enemy. You know what I mean? That sucks. Like, don't do that. Right. And he did everything on the farm that he did made it easier for his farm to flood. Unbelievable. Every action he took, I literally could see it from the pictures, you know? And I messaged him like, Hey, like, let me come help you. You know, let me come help you. I'll bring some mulch and we'll start mulching all your walkways. Simple, simple solutions, right? Slow down the pace of water, right? Slow it down. There's so many simple things, right? So Number one thing when you're buying a citadel, I think, or looking at land is, uh, how does the water flow? <laughs> don't buy a fucking, you know, you, you don't, <laughs> dig a hole. And if it takes two hours for the fucking water to drain, well, you know, understand the implications of that. And, uh, I, I bring a shovel to land when I'm looking at land. I bring a little shovel in my car just in case, just in case I want to take a little sample just in case I want to dig in, see what's under if, uh, you know, and, and if you look at, um, purchasing home with me, I'd like to inspect it under my microscope to check for microbiology and how the activity is. <laughs> well, first of all, I need to buy a microscope, but I'm way too poor for that. Cause, uh, every time I look at the price of any of these things, I just buy Bitcoin with the money. Cause, uh, yeah, I don't care at all. <laughs> like I got a soil test and then I'm like, I don't even, I don't know why I even got this. I feel like I just got it just to make sure there's no like poisonous, like, uh, anything, you know, before I like, you know, paid for the shit. But, uh, like I actually like people are like, Oh, so like your soil test, like, what does it say? I'm like, I'm not taking anything from that fucking soil test. I'm just going to add organic matter to the soil and see what happens. Um, yeah. Nice tweet. Fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of people make water their enemy. Pretty interesting, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to irrigate my farm. So just mulching and, uh, rain is my friend. And, uh, yeah, dude, you, you just pay attention where you're, you know, there's microclimates. There's so many nice things that exist for you in, on, on, on earth to help you in the locations that you are. You just have to find them. Right. Like you could be like, Oh, like, this area is shit for finding land. Yeah, but if you really look, it's not because you can actually find some place that's really private and you can do whatever you want there. You know, um, it just might be an extra thirty minutes in the car. You know, certain things just you know gotta eat shit sometimes if you want to like keep your connection to the city alive. For example, you know, I personally don't like the city. I, I think the city is like I like to be there for a couple of days, see some people, and, and leave. You know, even when I travel to places like I go to the city, I, I eat at a restaurant that I'm, I'm off to the mountains or I'm off to the beach or I'm off to the forest or whatever, you know, like whatever there is to actually see there. 
right? Like people go to Japan and they just go to Tokyo. But when I go to Japan, I want to go see the fucking countryside. I want to see, you know, all the crazy bonsai trees and the fucking, you know, I want to see like the whole fucking shebang. And I think like, that's how I learned to find like my slice of heaven is like, I traveled to a lot of fucking places and I was like, all right, where do I want to be next to? What country do I want to be in? You know, shit like that. Yeah. You need that biodiversity when it comes to uh, just human culture. I think now we're in such a weird time because so many people are distracted, but other people are just building hardcore, you know, like the people that have that, that, uh, low time preference they're built and and we're bro this is like if you have children or great-grandchildren or like any of that shit like they're on scope to be kings and queens like we're we're literally going to have the largest wealth transfer ever in human history over the next three generations and I, whatever the fuck they do is irrelevant like at this point it, it really is because the information the cat's out of the bag the information's out there and more is hitting airwaves as we speak quite literally so uh it's only a matter of time bro like we already won we just gotta the rest of the world's gonna catch up fuck yeah dude and uh this is where i have to let you go brother because i am starving and i have to eat some more food um but much love and we should definitely do this again i actually love this awesome dude yeah it was a great conversation i like the format uh thanks to everyone for contributing and uh yeah have a good night yeah, bro. And uh, ne- next time we do this, uh, I'll actually tweet it out, like you know, and maybe we'll do it like at a better time where uh, we'll get we'll get some more people in here, some more conversations. I'll get I'll get Texas Slim to come with me next time, maybe. Well, he's uh, he's coming in on Friday, actually. I'll do an episode on Friday. No, no, yeah, we- yeah. I think I think I think I knew that also. But uh, like I'm saying, like in general, we should do one maybe one day, like like us three, you know? Yeah. His, yours, whatever. For sure. I like your life philosophy, Shishi. Thanks, Bum, and uh, I always love to see you in these conversations. I know I've seen you in, in a lot of these uh, Citadel talks. And uh, yeah, keep 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 me posted on what you find. Uh, I like to see the success stories, you know, people sharing their W's. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Much love, guys. Thank you for joining, bro. Bye. Much love, guys. Bye. Bye.